Hi everyone, this is Danielle and this is Grief with Grace and tonight we have my good friend Gail who will be talking about her life experience with PTSD after war. Hi Gail. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining me on the podcast. Of course. So Thank glad. you for having me. I'm yeah. very, very proud of you. I just want to say. Thank you. I'm wow. very excited to be here and be a part of this journey that you have. Thank I've been you. listening to every episode and I love it so much. So. Thank you. Well, I'm very, very happy to have you on here. We're going to talk with Gail um, over a few episodes, but today we're going to be talking about her um, PTSD after war specifically. Yes. So let's go ahead and go right into that if you want to talk about your experience um, in the military, kind of give people a background of the military. Okay, so um, I actually joined um, the summer after my senior year of high school. Um, I was only 17 when I joined. Um, I forced my mom <laughs> to sign the papers because um, being a minor, I had to have my mom's um, you know, signature saying yes. I do approve of her going. Um, so that was July of 2001 when I joined. Um, I was um, kind of like waiting to leave. Um, they didn't leave me until September 26th of 2001. So I was just kind of like in limbo, just waiting. Um, then September 11th happened of that year um, where everything changed. And um, you know, I had a I hadn't sworn in yet, so you have to do a final swear in before you're technically completely in the military. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hadn't done that yet, so I had a lot of people telling me, you know, don't go, don't do it, like you're gonna end up going to war, you know that. Um, but I was determined to go. I wanted to join the military to um, travel, mm-hmm. and I wanted to live in in Europe. So it was um, a part of my contract that I was going to be stationed in Europe. So I ended up being stationed in Germany. Um, but yeah, I um, no, I still did it. I still went and I did my my final swearing. I joined um, for three years, mm-hmm. um, but with the military, um, no matter how long you join for active duty you are on an eight-year contract so regardless of what happens um, for eight years you belong to the military so um, I did my three and then I was what's called stop loss because they needed us to go to Iraq for a year so instead of getting ready to go home I was getting ready to go to Iraq um, with my company that I was stationed with Um, so yeah I did a year in Iraq before I was able to leave so I ended up doing um, four years instead of my three that I had wanted to do what did you what uh, I don't know the terms I'm sorry what was your job in the military my MOS MOS. (laughs) yes yeah thank you (laughs) I do not know much about the military (laughs) (laughs) I was a chemical operations specialist so Uh we did uh, like in case of um, a chemical war or whatever um, we were, like, you know, recon, so we did, we had a recon platoon, um, decon platoon, smoke um, platoon, we had, you know, our mechanics, HR, you know, all that stuff, so basically if anything were to happen, you know, we'd, they'd send us out to recon the area, and then if there was like any kind of a spill or anything, then we would decontaminate things, so we had to clean off, we learned how to clean soldiers and um, all of our vehicles and whatnot, um, smoke platoon we would um had a smoke tank that blew smoke that covered everything so it was like protecting us while we did our job wow yeah so 
differently. That's cool. Yeah. Very interesting. Um, we talked a little bit earlier about the process of coming out of the military. Yes. So what is that called? Um, out processing. Out processing. Mm-hmm. Can you explain that process for us? Um, so during out processing, basically, um, because I had been stop lost, they were trying really hard to get me out faster, you know, cause I had just, I signed up for three. Um, so when I got back, I was there for back in Germany for a month. And during that time, it was basically kind of turning in everything that the military had given me to use while I was in there. So all of my, uh, my weapons, my, you know, um, just certain things that they had issued to me mm-hmm. to use. Um, then going through all the paperwork, you know, signing everything, um, getting my awards and everything intact. And then um, it was supposed to be like going through um, a counselor, sitting down because we had gone to war, making sure that um, I was okay mentally, physically, you know, you do your physical to check everything, make sure everything was fine before they send you on your way. And so you just said that you met with the counselor for a part of the out processing. Yes. Do you feel like at looking back now, do you feel like that was a thorough job of checking in with you with everything you've gone through? Uh, no, it was very, (laughs) (laughs) um, it was very fast. It was pretty much a like, okay, sit down. You're next. How do you feel mentally? Are you okay? Is there anything you're struggling with at this time? No, good sign here. Okay. Next. kind of thing it was um you know still fresh like I you know 2001 is when I joined I was in Iraq from 2004 to 2005 so I don't think that um they had really realized um how to kind of deal with that or the um I guess I want to say like the real impact that PTSD does to a soldier um as much as they you know now know now know Mm -hmm. how it affects people so I think it was just a really um, new-ish kind of thing on, and not really knowing how exactly they should have gone about making mm-hmm. sure we yeah. were oh, for sure okay. Yeah, and at that time, you felt like you were okay. Yeah, I yeah. felt fine. I, I, it hadn't, it wasn't anything that I was like, um, oh wow, like there's not, there's something not quite right with me. It was mm-hmm. more of like, Yay, I get to go home, finally. Yeah. I was supposed to go home a year ago. Mm-hmm. and you That know, was going to be one of my questions, is if how you felt about coming out. Because I know yeah. some people have told me that they were kind of nervous about going back mm-hmm. into civilian life because they were so used to right. this life in the yeah. military. Yeah, it didn't really, you know, none of it really hit me until I got home. And then it was kind of like the nerves and all that stuff is when it really started. The change. Yeah. Or so it was like change that you are literally trying to... Uh, acclimator mm-hmm. to your life again. Right. Yeah. yeah. Just le- learning to, I mean, you'll always be a soldier for life, but mm-hmm. learning to not be, you know, completely 100% on it, all the, on all <laughs> yeah. the time, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it was, it was more of an excitement getting home. I, you know, you know, my mom was oh. a mess for a year. She's the best. So, um, yeah, so getting home to her. If it had been my choice, I probably would have stayed in and retired, but um, my mom, my poor mom. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, mom, I love you. Yeah. But um, she was very, very stressed for a year. She didn't handle it very well, which I understand. You know, mm-hmm. what, what parent would handle it well, their, their kid being in a war zone, so... 
um, and then being stationed in Germany already, I was still, uh, you know, I was already far away from home before that, so, yeah. so I, I was just excited to get home to my family. Yeah, yeah. you got your own sure. stress, and then you got the stress of your family, it's yeah. the it's whole other thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We could talk about that. Yeah. No? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so as we're talking about civilian life, um, what would you describe civilian life to be at that time, and what does civilian life look like for you now? Um... At that time, I was still very much in soldier mode, um, so it definitely was um, it was definitely something uh, that I had to get used to again, being um, just a regular person, um, not having to make sure that you know my hands weren't in my pockets when I'm walking, making sure I'm not walking on grass when I'm outside, um, making sure that I didn't have to watch who was coming you know, um, on the opposite side of me, because if they're walking towards me, if they're an officer and I were outside, I have to make sure to salute them, you know, just always being on my, you know, P's and Q's at all time, always making sure I'm doing proper things, making sure that I'm not chewing gum and walking, you know, just things like that. All these like high, like all these rules and regulations that you had to live your life every day, yeah. you know, even when we were in our civvies and our civilian clothes, um, we still had to be, you know, on it. You were a soldier. So 24-7. Yeah, never stops. So um, just getting used to being able to just, sit, like, you know, put my hand in my pocket, <laughs> you know, and not be afraid that I was going to get dropped, you know, and have to do push-ups yeah. for doing that or, you know, things like that. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, just being able to just walk around and not, um, yeah, just be... What is, um, what does that look like now? Like, do you still feel like you're still adjusting at this point or you feel pretty comfortable with where you're at now? Um, I, I'm getting more comfortable for sure, but there are things I think that will stick forever. Like, um, not having my back towards a door. Um, you know, that going mm -hmm. out to eat with me, we always have to make sure that my back is towards the wall mm -hmm. and I will switch you seats mm -hmm. um, if that's not the case. Um, people walking behind me, I, I don't do well with people behind me. Mm -hmm. um, uh, still feels weird walking on grass sometimes. When <laughs> <I can't. laughs> there's a sidewalk. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, you know, just little things like that that um, just kind of stick. But for the most part, yeah, I think. Well, good. Um, we've talked a little bit about battle buddies and I know the story about you and Effendi Yes, as your best friend. Yes. And I know you're going to elaborate a little bit about that right now, but mm -hmm. tell people first so that they know what exactly a battle buddy is and what is so special about you and Effendi's bond. Okay. So a battle buddy is somebody who um, you are, you know, stationed with. So my whole company, um, you know, we went to um, Iraq together um, and your battle buddy is just a soldier that is in your company with you who, um, you know, more so when you go to war, you have each other's back. Um, basically your life is in their hands and their life is in your hands. They, you know watch your six they have your back um it, it's like 
if you don't go home if they don't go home you know they have to you have to watch out for each other there it's a very tight you have to trust each other you have to otherwise there's no way you're both gonna make it home alive you know you have to you're literally putting each other's lives in each other's hands and that's just what it is hugely you know? buffet yes huge you have to trust you have to get along you have to um, be there for each other that's all you have out there is each other you know mm-hmm. So that's what a battle buddy is. Yes. So let's talk about a Fendi. Oh, a Fendi. He's so lucky to be uh, starred on here. He doesn't even know. know. I have to tell him. Yeah. Um, So a Fendi has been my best friend since I was 16 years old. Um, We went to high school together. Um, He is a year older than me, so I met him my junior year. He was a senior. He was new. And he had just moved there. Um, we became really close. We hung out every day, all the time. Um, then that summer, we hung out all the time um, of my junior year. And then, um, well, sorry, no. So we hung out, yes. And then he left um, a year before me mm-hmm. to um, the military. Okay. And so he was gone for a while. And... Um, and then after I got out of high school, I joined the military and left. And then, so that was 2001. So he had been gone since 2000. And then I went to Iraq in 2004. Mm-hmm. And um, it was December of 2004 when the um, WWE came out and um, they uh, did a show for us. And um, so everyone who was on that base that I was stationed at in Iraq, um, they were out there watching, watching the, you know, the WWE. And um, I was sitting on my, my tank with my company, a couple soldiers from my company. Mm-hmm. And um, I felt someone touch my boot and say, <laughs> Gail. And which we don't go by our first names in the military, we go by our last names. So kind of caught me off guard and, um, you know, I hadn't seen him in forever, you know. And so I looked at him and I was kind of like thrown off and he was like, it's me, Effendi. And I was like, oh my God, what the heck? And I like jumped off the tank and I gave him a big old hug and it was just surreal, you know, Mm -hmm. to have a friend, you know, that I'd known in someone high school, yeah, Gail. someone who knows me, yeah. yeah, you know, Gail before the military, um, being there and being stationed in the same place of all, you know, the same um, base, the same FOB, foreign operating base that we were located on, um, of all places to run into each other again after high school, you know, after he had left, because um, I was still friends with his sister, you know, so yeah, we, you know, it was, yeah, it was just... How did he spot you? (laughs) (laughs) So, um, I was chewing gum, as I should not have been. Um, But uh, I was chewing gum, and he was across the stage, like on the other side of the stage, where they were doing their performance. And I guess he said that he looked up and he saw, and he was kind of just looking around, because we were all wearing our same, you know, same stuff. We're out in the desert. It's all nothing but tan, just tan soldiers sand everything is just tan so you can't really pick anybody out very well but he said that he looked over and he saw me chewing gum 
and he likes to tell people, if you know her, she chews gum a certain way, and so he was just like, uh, what? No way, that cannot possibly be her, and so he, yeah, walked over to me and got closer and was like, yep, that's my friend, (laughs) yeah, so, yeah, so after that, we, um, um, hung out every single night after we were done with our shifts, or, you know, whenever we got off, because I did, um, three day shifts, three night shifts, and then I had three days off. Okay. Um, so every time I was off, um, from work and he was off from work, he would come over to my, you know, my room Mm -hmm. where we were staying and we would hang out for a few hours afterwards. Mm -hmm. And it was just so nice to have that comfort, you know, a little piece of home, especially in more, you know, there. Yes. You want to tell us a little bit about, um, some special experiences that you've had with Effendi where, you know, you talk about your friendship being very, very unique and um, he's more than just a battle buddy, you know, you've yeah. gone through war, literally. I mean, obviously battle buddies, that's what they're there for, right. but he was, he knew you prior. Mm-hmm. Not anyone else that's a battle buddy of yours knows you that way. Right. So he was able to be there for you during some very intense moments of Yeah, Yeah. so, um, yes, so there's um, one time we were doing a shift change. Um, I had just gotten to my shift, and we were um, going, like, debriefing. Um, They were briefing us on what had happened and um, who we were switching the shifts with, and uh, we were getting into our tank, and they had left, and we were just getting ready, you know, kind of settled in, you know, making sure we had all of our stuff together, and we heard the whistle, um, there's a very specific whistle of a mortar, and it sounded really, really close, and so um, we were kind of just like looking around, looking up, seeing where it was, if it was anywhere near, if we needed to, you know, really freak out. And I just remember um, looking straight up at the sky and just seeing it fly over my head. And the sergeant who was in the tank with me did the smart thing and jumped into the tank where I just continued to watch what was happening above my head and I saw it like land um, I watched it as it was landing and um, it landed 50 meters in front of us um, I remember just like as it was getting closer to the ground just like closing my eyes really tight and just hoping for the best and then I just felt myself getting pulled into the tank Mm -hmm. and getting yelled at Mm -hmm. and uh, like what were you doing like and um, I remember opening my eyes and just kind of like feeling around like oh my god we're like we're alive we're alive and we came out of the tank and it didn't detonate luckily and before you even could like realize what was happening um they were just like, go, get out, go figure it out, um, see what happened. If you can't, if they're not still in the area, if you can't, you know, fit, see, find them or, you know, who had done this. So we just were on it um, got our stuff together and just left and was on search. And we were out there for, um, it was a really long night. Um, we were, uh, took a break. I remember, um, we were just kind of catching our breath out there for a minute and um, I felt like the whiz of a bullet like fly right by my head, mm-hmm. barely missed us. Um, you know, it was just, it was a really crazy night. And so when I got back and we were able to go back, you know, home, um, I was, I remember thinking like, there's no way Fendi was gonna be there because we were so late and it was so dark. Um, it was just super laid out. 
So I was carrying my stuff, walking up the stairs. I was on the, I think, like, third or fourth floor of the building. We were staying at my room. And um, I was just walking up the stairs, and I just remember hearing, hey, or, like, Gail or something. And it scared the living crap out of me because it was so dark. And I dropped my, like, rucksack, and I turned, and it was a Fendi. And he had waited that whole time, just waiting for me. And he just looked at me, and he was like, like, he could tell. Like, he was like, are you okay? And I just broke down and just started crying. And he just held me and um, just having him there, you know, in that moment. Because I just thought I was going to go back to my room and was just going to, you know, just be there by myself. Kind of, yeah. you know, soaking in what had just happened. And I was like, you're still here? And he was like, well, yeah. <laughs> like, I was waiting for you, you know. And, um, yeah, so just having him there. And he stayed around a little bit longer. And he used to ride a bicycle that he had, you know, out there. And, um so he would ride a bicycle from where he was at to my building and um it was so late that when he had left they there was an he would ride the same path so sometimes it would be darker than others when he would leave but and it was harder to see but he had the same path so he had it memorized mm -hmm. you know to get home but at this particular day I guess they were digging a trench of some sort or something <laughs> and so he was riding his bike back and he hit a hole the tire went into the hole and he flipped <laughs> over the handlebars and like landed and he was like yeah I was just thinking like fucking Gail <laughs> sorry I'm it's all good so, um, yeah he was just like oh my god and I guess it like broke his bike and so he had to walk the rest of the way back but I was like, I'm so sorry. He's like, it's whatever, it's fine. You know, mm -hmm. it's like anything for you, my best friend. Yeah. So yeah, so just having a little piece of home out there, especially that day and you know, a couple other hard days, it was yeah. very comforting. And you guys are friends still. Still, Honestly, yeah, I know that, but everybody else doesn't. Yes, I was the the best man mm -hmm. in his wedding. Yeah. So, yeah, a lot of people don't understand your guys's bond, which we've talked about numerous times. Mm -hmm. Because it's very unique. Yes. You know, I, I understand and I can admire it as we were just talking about it before we recorded. That yeah. It makes me so happy that you had somebody there and that he had somebody there mm -hmm. during such a... Oh, for sure, yeah. Huge and traumatic time during yeah. his guys' life. It was, yeah, um, it was heartbreaking when I had... Because we left, my company left before his did. He was mm -hmm. still there a few months um, after I had left and it was just, I didn't feel right leaving yeah. you know I was just super just worried about him I wanted to stay like I didn't want to go I don't want to leave you here like yeah. it didn't feel right like leaving my brother you know yeah. in war and I'm going off and going home it just yeah it was very it was hard yeah. for sure and then he's here now yes or has been here obviously you guys have both <laughs> been here for a long time now yes but how how is your relationship now uh, he's my best friend he's family we're very very close um yeah, it's been a, it's been, it's been crazy. I turned uh, 21 in Iraq, and so when I, when he finally came back for my 22nd birthday, we went, we went story. hard. <laughs> <laughs> we went hard. He made sure yeah. of that. Um, so we've, yeah, we've been through a lot together, and we've gone through, you know, breakups together. Um, a few having to do with the fact that we were in each other's lives. And that we are best friends. Um, there's a lot of people that didn't know how to handle that well. Yeah. You know, a, a platonic relationship between a boy and a girl. Yeah. You know, they didn't get it. And they, people just couldn't deal with it. And it was, 
you know, me or him. It's always going to be him. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to play that game. Like, we've we've gone through way too much, and it's my best friend. There's nothing. He's like my brother. Yeah. I don't think a lot of people have taken the time to understand the depth of your relationship. Mm -hmm. Not that you have to explain that to people. No. But because I know these things, and even when I didn't know these things, I could tell there was something special about it, Mm -hmm. but not in a way that was anything but a special friendship. Right, exactly. That's how I saw it when Mm -hmm. I met you guys. Yeah, and luckily now we do people in our lives currently that um, are are much more understanding of the bond that we have. So makes life a lot easier. Yes. When you Yay. Have, yeah. <laughs> Someone in your life who's like, I get it. You know, like, I mean, he's been in my life for over 20 years. There's yeah. no way I'm... Well, and you have someone... I think it's such a blessing that you guys have each other because you you were in the same place at the same time. Yeah, it's just... Going through... I mean, I don't know in depth what you guys went through right. separately, but you guys could talk about that mm-hmm. and know that each other... Gets, gets it. it yeah you know and mm-hmm. I think for your significant other and his that's nice to know that they have someone to go and talk to yeah. about that yeah it's hard yeah I mean of course they want to be the ones to help us yeah, out you yeah know? but it's and I do we talk you know a little bit but it's it's easier to have someone who's experienced it and gets it on a mm-hmm. level that sometimes you need that level to really get off your chest with you know, bothering you at that moment, whereas I know they mean well and they want to be there for us, but Mm -hmm. they don't really understand it on that level that you need sometimes. Yeah, Yeah. totally. In that moment, so. Hats off to them. Yes. (laughs) Thank you. Well, we're going to talk about, like, how I met you. Yes. As we talk about your journey through, with PTSD, not through, sorry. Um, When I met Gail, it was, like, 2008. Yeah. I think, I, and yes. we were both going to dental assisting school, mm-hmm. and Gail was just a cold ass bitch, <laughs> <laughs> and that's to be funny, because she's not now, but she just, you know, she had a nice, a cold face, but as we've become friends, and over the years, we've gone through a lot of things together, yeah. and supported one another yeah. through many of traumas, Yes, and... I'm just so proud of you for everything that you've been through. Thanks. And I don't even know the depths of yeah. what you've encountered at right. war. But yeah. I know enough to appreciate where you were in 2008 <laughs> <laughs> to today. Yes. You know, so yeah. we could talk a little bit about that and how, what has that looked like for you? Like looking back now and acknowledging that you have PTSD and mm-hmm. like what, what does that look like? What did it look like? How did you, how did you realize or want to acknowledge it in your life? Um, yeah, yes, I was very (laughs) not in a good place. Um, I was just really quiet. I feel like I, I had, um, a not welcoming demeanor for sure. Um, I, um, I didn't really know. I mean, I kind of knew what was happening with me, but I didn't really know what was happening with me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just, I think I was more angry about that, like not really understanding. And so it came out, you know, I projected it out as just being angry mm-hmm. um, and not dealing with it properly. Um, I mostly just wanted to stay home. I didn't really, you know, want to go out 
um, be with people, interact, mm -hmm. um, little things. Uh, I just, yeah, I don't know. I just didn't really know how to express myself. I didn't know how to um, understand what was going on inside for a really long time. It, it took, you know, like I said, I got out in 2005. I mean, that was 2008. Mm -hmm. Like three years later, I still was, wasn't really fully understanding what was happening with me. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, yeah. And I say that yeah. lovingly. She knows that. Right. Just yes, so you guys yes, know. Yes, yes. <laughs> that cold ass bitch. We're just kidding. <laughs> right. Because she just had a, like she said, a, a, a kind of mean demeanor. Yeah. But she's totally not like that. And I learned that very quickly. <laughs> yeah. But even from then to now, you know, you've changed a lot with how you deal with things. I'm still like. learning, yes. Yeah. Um, I have um, grown a lot, for sure. Mm -hmm. um, I do still keep things inside a lot, um, so I'm, I am working on that. I am working on my communication a lot mm -hmm. better, for sure. Um, it's still a work in progress, mm -hmm. but I am trying. Mm -hmm. um, it's, I don't... Uh, I don't know. It's a journey. <laughs> it's, it is. It really is. Every day is different. It is. I mean, you of all people, I mean, gosh, we've both, you know, we've gone through a lot, but you've been there for me through some very low times in my life. And I don't know, like I tell people, there's one instance in particular where you were just like, everything like you, <laughs> you came over and you would like force, force feed me you. dinner yes yeah. I know I've been mm -hmm. I've been talking about that lately because like preparing for this and yeah you know just telling people like man Danielle and I've been through some stuff like mm -hmm. and I was at one of my lowest points in life like she would literally come over to my house I'm like mm -hmm. bawling in bed and she would just this fucking pasta. bring me yes, <laughs> bring me dinner uh -huh. and force feed me and oh my gosh yes you've been a rock for sure well I'm glad I could do that because <laughs> yeah. I knew I know how you were dealing with things at that time yeah and not even directly related to right this but it's as a whole it affects your entire life and how you deal with everything mm -hmm. like you said with relationships with how you communicate with internalizing those yeah. things and I feel like there is not even now well maybe not for me because I don't really know too much but you were coming out of war at a time where there wasn't a lot of discussion about PTSD right. and even now I feel like it's kind of scary for people to talk about mm -hmm. and not everybody is at a point in their process where they're okay with acknowledging it like you are yeah, yeah, you know. it was really hard to, like, when I finally, you know, was like, okay, this is what's happening with me, it's like, but why? You know, yes, I went through some stuff over there, but not nearly, you know, as crazy or as bad as it could have been, or that other people went through that I know, you know, it was way worse than what I went through. It's like, why is it affecting me like this? Mm. Like, I'm so weak, like, this isn't soldier mentality you know like man up like why are, is it affecting you so hard mm -hmm. and you know um, it took me a long time to um, agree to get help mm -hmm. and go to counseling and um, there was a period there where I was on medication mm -hmm. you know to help um, and even then it just you know when I would talk to my therapist I'm like I don't understand this is so dumb like why is it I shouldn't be feeling these things and she was like why are you diminishing what you've been through like you were in war 
regardless of somebody else's experience, this is your experience, this is how it's coming out, you have every right to feel your feelings, mm -hmm. accept it, and we'll work through it. And it's your fair, it's fair for you to have these feelings, You're, it's okay, mm -hmm. it's okay. And just hearing her say it was okay, it just, definitely a weight lifted but it was just like yeah. still I don't know I just feel guilty sometimes for feeling that I do and that's not fair to me to feel that way what she's you know been was trying yeah. to explain to me yeah because it is fair it is fair you totally. know who feel like I shouldn't diminish what I went through regardless mm -hmm. if it was less know, yeah more. less or more than mm -hmm. you know and who's to say like you know, I say, like, I, you know, see people and how they deal with it, but I don't know what happens behind closed doors. I don't know what they're truly going through. Maybe they're, like me, trying to put on a brave, you know, face and just figure mm -hmm. it out on their own. So Yeah. There's yeah. not a lot of space for soldiers, I feel like, to yeah. let that guard down and be yeah. okay with not necessarily going in depth about what you've been through war-wise, but just... Right being okay with talking about the fact that you're not okay yeah and, and yeah and it, it's um you know like I say like I you know I talk about my mom and she would always try to be there for me but then when I would like try to explain it to her she would just you know start crying because she was like I don't know I want to be here for you but yeah. I don't know how to be here for you yeah your poor mom <laughs> I know <laughs> and so it's so it was just hard like I you know well, trying you're carrying that weight of right, not wanting I wanna, to upset your parents. Exactly. Because you're hurting. Right. So try to, you know, play happy, but you know, they're my family, they know oh, like sure. you are not happy. Like I know something's going on yeah. with you, you know? So, um yeah, like just trying to explain it to them without explaining a lot to them. Mm -hmm. Because my mom was like, No, I wanna know. I'm like, No. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of things that she still doesn't know, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of things that a lot of people don't know even if it wasn't that as big as other people's stories mm -hmm. you know it's just um figuring out how to have these conversations with people who haven't gone through war and express why I feel the way I feel or why I'm acting the way I'm acting in certain situations mm -hmm. and trying to get them to understand yeah and that bless all of the people's hearts in my life and try to be there for me <laughs> and, and try to understand, but I mean, they, they don't, yeah. they don't of course. as much as they want to. And as much as I would love for them to, um, yeah. it's just, yeah. And that's okay. Sometimes yeah. we don't have to understand to be there for people. Yeah. And I'm okay with not understanding, <laughs> but I'm also here. Yes, I know. To you let are, you know, <laughs> I support you. I know. I know. <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, I can't speak to any of what you've been through with war, but we can both speak to trauma. Yes. And how it weighs heavily on you. And and it's hard not to compare, like you said, why am I feeling like this? Because so-and-so experienced this or, you know, I think it's almost like you're trying to cope and just be like, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. It's fine. I'm good. Yeah. As right. we all have done for yeah. many years. <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. You're just being like, I can, I got this, like. You know, mm -hmm. or to ask for help yeah. is a huge thing. Mm -hmm. Whether it's military, war, PTSD, depression, anxiety, it's mm -hmm. just hard to ask for help in general. Because who wants to hear that or have a confirmation that you're not 
okay because that sounds like there's something wrong with you Mm -hmm. but there isn't anything wrong with you you're just living your truth and that's the thing there's such a stigma with you know mental health and Mm -hmm. everything and it's like you just feel less than you feel so weak and stuff and you know like one of the things that my counselor used to say and I know that's out there a lot it's like would you ever make somebody like who has diabetes Mm -hmm. feel less than because they have to take insulin to make themselves feel better no you Mm -hmm. wouldn't because it's not under their control and you have to you have to think that way with what you're going through with like ptsd and anxiety and all these things Mm -hmm. that you're trying to figure out and you're struggling with like don't ever make yourself feel less than don't let anybody make yourself feel less than because you're it's not in your control right now we're Mm -hmm. trying to work through it Mm -hmm. and at least you're here trying definitely you know or there's people out there like me that it took me a long time but some Mm -hmm. people out there still who aren't getting help because Mm -hmm. of the stigma against it so yeah yeah it still blows my mind yeah me too that we're okay with diabetes and Mm -hmm. things like that but when we talk about mental health it becomes like so awkward mm-hmm. and weird and unknown it's probably mm-hmm. because there's not a lot of education I right mean, we don't learn how to cope in school no we don't learn how to help other people cope in school or right. to not be awkward if someone's crying like yeah <laughs> we just talked about this a few minutes ago right yeah you know yeah it's like, i don't care if you cry you don't care if i cry no. we're on that level but a mm-hmm. lot of other people just don't know what to do yeah. not necessarily that you have to even do anything but just like I'm just holding space for you because you're upset, you cry, you do what you need to do. Right. We're good. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's such a different, like, it should be on the same level as, like, diabetes and, you know, things like that. Mm -hmm. Like, it's, some people are just wired differently and your brain reacts to things differently and, you know, you just, as long as you're trying to figure it out and live every day, you know, the best way you can and making sure you're healthy, then that's what should matter, but it's like... I don't want to feel weak. I don't mm. want to feel like a victim. You know, things like that. Crazy. Yeah, I'm crazy. Mm. Like, what is wrong with me? But it's it's just how I'm, I operate. That's just, yeah. this is mm. me. And I have to learn to be okay with it. That way other people around me are okay with it as well. Because if I'm ashamed of it, then how am I supposed to expect somebody mm. out there to be okay with me when I'm not okay with me? Yeah. You know, so. Definitely. Um, how has your PTSD manifested physically? Um, physically, I am a very anxious person, for sure. <laughs> um, I, um, I want to, I, I get scared really easily, and I never knew that that was a PTSD thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that, um, until, like jumpy? Yes, me? very okay. jumpy, uh-huh. yeah, very, um, like. What's the word? Not skittish? Yeah, I guess so. Um, just very, like, I can be in a, in a house knowing that there's, it's full of people, but if I turn a corner and someone's there, I'm like, oh my God, like, they're like, how, you know I'm here. Yeah, like, yeah I don't know. I just, like, a very, yeah, the smallest things, like, I'm very jumpy, very. Jumpy, that's yes, the word I was yeah, looking for. Yeah, super jumpy. So, um, and I guess that is a symptom of PTSD is just very, being very, like, because you're just so used to being on, you know, guard. And so yeah. when you get, you know, taken, taken off, guard, off guard, it's just extra like, yeah, yeah. It's, you know, because in war, you're supposed to be very on it at all times. You you know, know your surroundings, know everything. And so when someone comes at you and you're just not ready for it, it's like, 
that could be, you know, life and death out yeah. there, you know, so very jumpy, very anxious. Um, I have to catch my breath a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, very, um, I don't sleep very well mm-hmm. still um, without, you know, the aid of other things mm-hmm. to help me sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, the, I'm a very light sleeper. The lightest, smallest thing wakes me up, and then I'm up. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, those are things like that. Physically. For sure, yeah. And, sorry. Oh, um, we talked about what, a little bit, how you were saying you went to therapy. Uh, what do you do currently that helps you cope with your PTSD? Um, currently, I'm not in therapy right now. Um, I do want to go back to therapy um with everything happening right now in the world though it's really hard you know to get a really good appointment like yeah. they do a lot of like over the phone things I feel mm-hmm. those are really rushed yeah um so I do want to go back into that I feel like lately my anxiety and everything has been kind of at a high right now so mm-hmm. um to get back into that I would like to do that but um I do crochet uh-huh. I've been doing that for the last uh, two years, I believe now. Yeah, you've made Kaylea, my daughter, yes. a little set of shoes and a hat when yes, she was born. When she was born. Mm-hmm. Um, it, that I've found to be um, amazing for me. At, mm-hmm. You know, right now it's um, it keeps my my mind busy mm-hmm. and my hands busy. Mm-hmm. At the same time, I can't really focus on anything else while I'm crocheting. Besides crocheting, mm-hmm. um, I have to count rows and stitches. Mm-hmm. So I'm just focused. And so being focused on this, yeah, just being, you know, focused and dealing and just like, you know, making sure everything's right and it's perfect because I'm very OCD, very mm-hmm. like perfectionist. I have to make sure everything looks great. <laughs> so to have my mind just focused on that, on that project that I'm working on and not being able to let my mind wander and think about, you know, random things and, mm-hmm. you know, start getting really anxious about yeah. stuff. Focusing on that has been such a saving grace for me. Nice. I've, yeah, I taught myself how to do it and I've just been crocheting like a mad lady ever since. I love it. Uh, I wake up on Fridays on my day off and I make coffee and I'll sit on the couch and just crochet and drink coffee. I'm like, when did I turn 80? Like, watch my lifetime and drink coffee. Wow. Who are you? Exactly. (laughs) That is my Friday morning. I love it. I'm glad that that's offered you some therapeutic, um, release with yes. everything going yeah. on is there anything else that you do that helps you cope with your PTSD um I like to run mm-hmm. I'm not supposed to because of my back mm-hmm. um but I do mm-hmm. um I haven't lately mm-hmm. um so um and that helps um other than that just um my dogs the loves of my life yeah. help me very much um, when I'm feeling super anxious just having them around it's very comforting mm-hmm. um, uh, so yeah them crocheting um, I've been using CBD oh yeah thanks we to know you. how much I love yes. that <laughs> um, so that's been helping a lot um, um, lovely mother earth yeah yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. All that, yeah, that um I'm currently wearing a bracelet right now mm-hmm. that my sister um got me. Mm-hmm. Um it's supposed to help 
with anxiety. The crystals that are on it, like, are supposed to help with any, um, anxiety. So I wear that anytime. It's like, is it like. tourmaline, tourmaline, tourmaline uh, or something like that? You know, I'm not sure. She got it in El Dorado at some little, like, crystal shop thing that she saw. <laughs> she's so funny. She's like, anytime I see anything that helps with, like, sleep, anxiety, she's like, Gail, that's yep. her. <laughs> so, <laughs> we try all the things. Yes, we do. I try them all. So, um, just making sure that I surround myself around, um, you know, people who love me, who are there for me. Um, we had a couple of people in our lives that were not good for our mental health. Yes. So just realizing, you know, you can't. Toxicity. Yeah. You have to, sometimes you have to let people go. Unfortunately, it's heartbreaking and it sucks, you know, especially when they've been in your life for a really long time. But for my health and for my anxiety and for everything, I need to choose you choose me yeah let it go so um just making sure the people who are currently in my life are good people um the people who are going to be there yeah forever you know um, and then of course if i need yeah. reach out to him yeah. you need to. Yes. <laughs> best time go have a couple drinks yes and just relax i had one other question before this one i'm trying to remember it as you were talking sorry <laughs> it's okay um crap what how how do you deal with, um, I don't want to say an episode of PTSD because obviously this is something that's lifelong, but do you notice now things that trigger you and are you able to kind of like go, okay, I notice this is triggering me and like can work your way through a possibility of maybe like uh, an anxiety attack or something like that? Uh, yeah. So, um, just to kind of step back a little bit. So mm -hmm. when I got out, like I said, first few years, I you know, didn't know what it was, um, and I didn't, I mean, I, like I said, I kind of knew, but I didn't really know, and I didn't yeah. know how to deal with it very well, and I remember just, like, certain things, I would have really bad nightmares, mm. um, I would, in you know, fall asleep, and then in the middle of the night, end up at the foot of my bed under the covers, and freaking out, because I was having, like, you know, nightmares about being, like, in a trench, and, you know, all these weird things, and, and, um, you know, fireworks were a trigger for a little bit, just hearing the whistle sound, mm -hmm. um, you know, at the beginning of fireworks was not a good thing. I remember the first, um, 4th of July home, I was sitting in, um, the garage, um, with my family and just kind of hanging out and the fireworks started and I, it made me jump out of my chair and I went to hide, you know, find cover and broke my mother's heart so I went inside <laughs> for the rest of the fireworks show and I was like I'm just gonna excuse myself yeah. from here you know so things like that um I didn't I didn't know that those were affecting me you know until mm -hmm. after the fact so now um now that I know that it's PTSD now that I know that there are certain things I can feel it coming mm -hmm. um uh bridges are no, a huge, I know about that. yeah, a huge um, thing. I can't, um, still to this day, I can't do bridges. Um, I have to, if I have to, if I am forced to drive over a bridge, I can't be the one behind the wheel. Mm -hmm. um, I have to have the windows down, mm -hmm. I have to have the music on, I have to look forward, and I have to, I always tell the person who's driving, like, please, please just drive as fast as you can, <laughs> just mm -hmm. please, and stay in the middle. Yep. And, I think um, of you every time I go over a bridge. <laughs> yes. 
I think it's caused me to become anxious I'm sorry. about it. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's okay. It's not your fault. It's I'm really sorry. not. Um, yeah, and I need, you know, hold my hand, but yeah, windows down, it's just, um, but now, yeah, I can feel it coming, like, I get, um, I get really hot all Mm. of a sudden, um, I feel like my heart starts beating really fast, Mm -hmm. um, I feel, um, like I can't catch my breath, Mm -hmm. so, um, sometimes I'll be driving, um, home from work and all of a sudden I'll start having like a panic attack for yep. no reason. I yep. don't know why. And so I have to pull over mm-hmm. and I get my CBD pen mm-hmm. and, you know, take a couple puffs of there and just kind of try to think of good things. Sometimes I'll call, you know, my boyfriend mm-hmm. or, you know, my mom and just mm-hmm. be like, I'm, I don't know what's happening right now, but I'm super panicked. So just talk to me while I drive yeah. the rest of the way, please. Just yes. talk to me. Mm-hmm. Get my mind off of it. Just, you know, or... Yeah blast my music and just sing yeah. horribly but sing <laughs> whatever will the work. whole way yeah. yeah so but yeah I do feel I can I can feel when they're about to happen I can recognize these things now. yeah like the other day um I was in the car and um David my boyfriend he was driving and I was like oh my god like I'm I'm having a panic attack I don't know why and he's like you okay and I was like I don't I don't know I don't know what's happening right now Luckily, we were just right around the corner from the house, and he's like, and we had food and stuff in the car, and the dogs, and he was like, I got this, just go inside, get your CBD, and mm-hmm. like, you know, go relax. And so he um, parked the car, and I think I jumped out before it was even completely parked, and ran in the house and got my pen, and he luckily got everything out, our food and everything, and he came and checked on me, gave me a hug, and was like, you okay? Like, yeah, I think I'm okay. Like, they just... Sometimes just come out of nowhere. For sure. You know, everything's fine. We're good. We're laughing. We're having a great time. And then all of a sudden, yep. Yep. Just hits you. Mine's like the opposite of yours. Like, my hands get cold. And I feel like I'm going to faint. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, that's, oh my God. that's scary. Especially if you're driving or whatever. Yeah. But yeah. No, mine, I just get like really, these really crazy like palpitations. My mom's the same. Yeah. It's just like, and then my chest, like, I'm like, oh my God, my chest is hurting. It's like. Yeah, and, and I freaked out even more. Yeah, and I can't catch my breath, and I'm like, oh my god, yeah, like I'm like having a heart attack. It feels yeah. like, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, it's crazy how something emotionally and mentally affects our body physically. Mm-hmm. Hard, yeah, yeah. It's, it's intense. Yeah, that's a full body experience. Yeah, for sure. Thank you, <laughs> for PTSD. Sure, right? <laughs> <laughs> I think part of that. Like, process of learning how to live with these things, PTSD, anxiety, depression, all of these, I don't like calling them mental illnesses, but things that are going on within us, emotionally, mentally, mm-hmm. they're, I lost my train of thought, I'm sorry, <laughs> mom <Okay>. brain, <laughs> um, I feel like it's just, it can be great when you can recognize those triggers, and it's mm-hmm. kind of like, taking a little bit of control of them so it's like okay I know this is happening I'm okay I can do these things to help me feel better right but at the same time when we don't understand why they're happening it becomes frustrating oh my gosh like yes. why the f am I fucking right. pissed off right now or why am I stressed out here at this mm-hmm. party or whatever or I'm having yeah. a great time and it's like a clock right yeah and it, it would comes make it, to ruin it yeah it would make it like worse you know like it, when I didn't when I wasn't accepting that it was PTSD and all of a sudden I start like having a panic attack and I'm like, Oh my God, like what is happening with me? Why is this happening? And it make it worse and worse and worse. Whereas now I know, okay, yes, I've ex- 
accept that this is what it is. Like, I feel it's coming. It's okay. Breathe through it. Yeah. Whereas before, I would just make it worse on myself because I would just get... Go away, Yes, I would get more anxious. Yeah, exactly. It's amazing. make it worse. It's crazy. You know, it's so... I don't want to say crazy, but it's just so weird. It's like, you know, when you're there, when I was in war, it's like, this is just life. This is just my life right now. It's fine. This Mm -hmm. is normal. And then, you know, like it's called post like yeah. when you get home well, we're how many years out now yeah like and what it's, 15 or so yeah. like 2005 is when I got home and I think yeah. people need to understand that it's not like you come home from war you get therapy and you're okay no that's never gonna happen Mm-mm. for any type of trauma yeah it's something you work through every day mm-hmm. and it's funny well not funny it's sad that we spend so much time fighting working through something because we're afraid it's going to hurt. We're afraid right. what it's going to feel like. We right. don't know what it's going to feel like. Yeah. But we're okay with living with being right. freaking exactly. super anxious. anxious. Yeah. yeah, you know. <laughs> and it's not easy to uh-huh. work through our stuff. But as we start to process things and we can recognize different triggers and this is that, it's like gaining a different type of power back that like, right. you're there, I see you, but you're not going to take control of me today. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So just, yeah, just realizing it, just, um, knowing that it's okay. It's okay to have this. It's okay. This is my life. Um, I have to be in the driver's seat of it. I have to be in control. And that's the only way that I'm going to be able to live my life and be, I guess, quote unquote, normal, mm-hmm. happy is by knowing like, yes, I have this and I know how to deal with it and I have to let myself deal with it and do the things to help myself deal with it. Because if I ignore it and I just let it take over, it's not pretty. Yeah, like, I don't want to get back into that. hurts you. Yeah. I mean, it can hurt other people around you, but it's not fair to you. Right. At all. No. It's, yeah. Yeah. Our brain is so... <laughs> It amazes me <laughs> the level of intric- intricacies and yet simplicity at right. the same time of yeah. coping. I know coping's not easy. I'm not trying to say it. Right. Is, but no, like no, no. that mm-hmm. there's literally like this thing that's like, hey, you can do this and we can work our way to feeling better. But I don't want to do that. I want to go yeah. over here because this isn't normal per se to right. people because no one teaches us that coping and seeking help and trying to get better is normal yeah we're taught to you're fine you'll be fine get over it move on man up yes whatever you know be a soldier exactly (laughs) and you don't you're not defined by ptsd either no ptsd is just something that you deal with every day yeah but it's not you no yeah it's not i mean i know there's things like little things that will always no matter what no matter how much i seek out therapy or whatever to help like there's things that will always be you know, like I said, my back has to be against the wall mm-hmm. when I go out. Um, people behind me, walking behind me, I, that will never be mm-hmm. okay for me. Yeah. You know, like little things like that where I know that's going to be a s- struggle all the time. I guess struggle, for lack of a better word, but yeah. something that will always be there. an acknowledgement. Yeah, but it's I know what it is and I know, like, okay, like, you know, like when I was telling you, like when I go out with coworkers or you know, people who don't really know me very well, and I'm like, they sit down, and I'm like, hey, is it okay if we, yeah, which, <laughs> just please, if they're, you know, if their um, back is against the wall, and mine's going to be behind, you know, against the door, and a lot, everybody's always, 
yeah. yeah, of course, you know. Yeah. And it's just... It's probably been another level of your own self-acceptance, too, though, that, like, you don't have to explain to them in detail why you do that mm-hmm. and learning to be okay with that. Yeah, that whereas, was just like, this is what I need. Do you mind? Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> you know? and that's another thing is being comfortable to be able to say that because before, like, I would go out and I wouldn't say anything and I would just be so anxious the whole time and mm-hmm. constantly looking yeah. behind me, like, what's, you know, like, and not being able to focus on my, you know, the person yeah. I'm with and our conversation or whatever. And yeah. it was just, I hated it. And so that was one of the times where I just didn't, I was like, I don't want to go out. Yeah. Because I don't want to have inconvenience yeah. other people by telling them something like, about you. Yeah, switch me or mm-hmm. have to explain it. But now it's just like, this is me. Mm-hmm. And I may cry. Yeah. And that's okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's what I say, at least. Right? I'm like, don't judge me. I'm probably going to cry at least mm. three oh, yeah. times in the next two hours. So, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, for our last question. Mm-hmm. Is there anything you want people to know about PTSD specifically, um, war or military? Um, just that it's okay. It's okay to um, acknowledge that you are struggling with something. It's okay to um, to seek help. It's I mean everybody should seek help. Never feel. Um, like you don't deserve help um like I did you know Mm -hmm. I really thought like yeah I've gone through some stuff but not anywhere near other people and that's not okay like it's okay get help um you deserve it for you for the people around you for everything um for people who have um current military or ex-military people in your in your life um I know that a lot of people want to be there mm-hmm. and, you know, a lot of people want to ask questions and, um, and help. But sometimes I know for me in particular and a couple other people I know, like when I'm feeling, uh, when I'm kind of going through, I guess, an episode, um, sometimes I just need space mm-hmm. and, and to be okay with that and to, um, not necessarily feel like you have to fix it. Mm-hmm. Um, wait until they're ready to talk. Don't push. Pushing is uh, something that just, (laughs) like, it makes me want to retract. Yes. I get very, like, um, yeah, I don't want to speak. And then if I do speak, I know it's not going to be pretty. And Mm -hmm. I don't want to lash out. Mm -hmm. Um, so I have to remind people, just let me be for a minute. Mm -hmm. And we, we will, we will talk, we will come to you. Um, don't, just don't, yeah, don't push. Don't push us to talk more than what we are willing to share. Mm-hmm. Um, I know what you want to know and you want to help, but um, there's a lot of things, like, I just don't want to say. There's a lot of things that I wish I could say, but I know you're not going to understand. Mm-hmm. Um, so just, um, yeah, I mean, for sure be there for them understand that there's um they're struggling not necessarily struggling um they're just going through some things and Mm -hmm. it's kind of hard to interact sometimes and um and know how to interact while dealing with it Mm -hmm. um so yeah just love them be there for them i was gonna say love them through it yeah love love them through it and try to understand that they are um trying to figure it out 
you know, along with you. You're trying to figure it out for them, and they're trying to figure it out too. And um, as long as you just remind them that you love them and you're there for them when they're ready, like, that, that's what helps me. Yeah. You know, and I'm sure a lot of other people who um, are going through some stuff, um, and when we were ready to talk, we will. Um, when we say give us some space, give us some space. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, and know, know that um, even if we're quiet or you don't hear from us a lot or mm-hmm. um, we're not really wanting to talk about things, like we love you mm-hmm. when we appreciate you. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just, uh, yeah, it's a... It's a a hard thing to explain if you haven't experienced it mm-hmm. so um yeah just try to it's a learning process yeah we're still learning I'm still learning after all these years how to really deal with it and what helps and what doesn't help um so just a little bit of space a lot of love and understanding as much as possible yeah and get help definitely definitely get help yeah been Regardless, a beautiful yeah. process watching yeah. you as an outsider. <laughs> yes, it's been a long. She struggle. gave me advice like, oh, I think it was last year. I was like, who the hell are you? She was like, I don't know. I was like, I like it. I'll take it. This is I crazy. From you, uh-huh. you helped me. You helped me learn how to, you know, like all the advice you used to give me and being there for me. And I know, but it was just funny to hear it come out of your mouth. It's like for a long time you didn't say nothing, so you know I was just kind of like, well, she'll say something when she's ready. Yeah. You know, and then it caught me off guard. I was eating my food, and you said something to me, and I was like. I just looked at you. I was like, "Did you really just say that?" Oh my god! And you're like, "I know." I was like, "Wow, this is like a moment, like a big moment." I know. It's yeah. It's it's definitely been a journey for sure, and I think everyone who has been there for me and struggled along with me and stuck by my side through my not so proud moments. I appreciate you guys. I love you guys very much. Thank you for sticking by me. I wouldn't even say struggling. Like, think like you said, it's just learning. Learning how to be there for someone when you don't know how to be yeah. is its own process. Yeah. So you have two people learning two different things, but trying to come together. Yes. So, you know, all yeah. you can do is listen. If you're telling me that you need space, then you're going to get space. Yeah. And you got to learn to be okay with that. Yeah. As a non military person that's the proper term I was telling Gail that I feel like a lot of uh, civilians there's the word just need to learn how to give our soldiers some more grace because I've watched people as I've said to you look at you funny or Mm -hmm. make assumptions about you more so in the earlier part of our friendship not really now but You know, when you were going through your own things and we could tell something was going on with you, but you weren't ready to talk about it. Yeah. And I mean, I understood. I was like, okay, I'm going to leave her alone. I'm going to do her thing. <laughs> yeah. But other people don't understand that. So right. I, my own advice to <laughs> add a little tip in there <laughs> yes. for us civilians to give you guys more grace because we have no idea what you've been through. Yeah. And if something is triggering you in a moment and you need to go do something else or you gotta go quiet or whatever way you cope then it should just be normal yeah it should just be like okay Gail's having a moment it is what it is I have a moment it looks different than your moment yeah but 
everybody's going through something, you know, mm-hmm. everybody's struggling and somebody's, you know, struggle or, you know, whatever is not, like, my PTSD is not, um, what the, what is the word I'm looking for, isn't, uh, you know, worse than your PTSD yeah. or whatever, you know, everybody struggles and so just understanding that, you know, we all go through things sometimes and sometimes, um, there's days that are harder than others and just, um, try not to, um, take it personal and try not to get angry. Mm -hmm. I know sometimes that's a reaction. Um, I've gotten a few times is, you know, getting mad at me because I don't know how to communicate exactly yeah. what's happening. So that doesn't help me at all. Yeah. <laughs> like know? I'm already working on yeah. it. Okay. <laughs> I'm like trying to figure it out. I'm and not trying to piss you off. Yeah. yeah. And now you're like mad at me because I'm not sure how to communicate. Like it just makes it worse for me. So yeah, just trying to take a step back and be like, okay, you know, hold the space, man. Yeah. Just hold I'm the here space. when I'm here when you need me. I love you. And I'm, you know, I'm right I'll be here. over here. Yeah. <laughs> Do you need your weighted blanket? Yes. I have it for you. Oh my God. Drop it off yes. and peace out. Yes, you exactly. Learn how to read the room, people. Read yeah. the room. Exactly. Right? <laughs> or read your person. Right? Read you your person. Me. You know me. Yeah. So, yeah. Not so. everybody offers that. And yeah. it's sad because we've talked about it numerous times that people who, not that I understand this particular part of your life, but people who've been through a lot of trauma tend to understand you have, you kind of slow down. You see people differently. Mm-hmm. You have more empathy for people. Mm-hmm. And I've seen a lot of people that just don't understand. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping this message for them can kind of help them slow down yeah. and think about the things they say or the things that they're thinking about when someone they know and love is acting differently than they and they don't understand they right. take it personal that they can take a second to come out of their own feelings yeah and think about right. the person that's going through whatever it is that they're going through. exactly it's yeah. not about you it, that's what i was just about to say not to be rude but it's not about you it's about what that person is dealing with on the inside it has nothing to do with you um at that time don't make it about you because it's mm-hmm. not it's mm-hmm. an internal struggle um, that I live with every single day. I try to be as happy and upbeat as I can every single day. Mm-hmm. I try not to let it affect me as much as it used to. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm still learning. Even after all these years, I'm still learning how to communicate, how to deal, how to not take it out on other people, how to understand that I'm, they love me, they're just trying to be there for me, mm-hmm. and how to, yeah, you know, figure it out you know, how to deal or handle each other, I guess, communicate yeah. with each other, so, um, it's all out of love, yeah, so we have to remember, <laughs> yeah, you know, sure. when people get lost in that, yep, not necessarily you, but other people that I know want to be there for you and help you and love you and others, like, let me, yeah. let me love you, yeah, let, tell yeah. me your sadness, you know, like, so many people in our lives try to do that for yeah. us, and, yeah, doesn't always work like that. No. Sometimes we just gotta just, physically be there and I'm just here yeah, for whatever you need. For sure. I've had, you know, plenty of those discussions where it's like, they want to be like, I want to be there for you. Like, let me in. I'm like, I don't know how right now. Just, you know, just don't push. Just give yeah. me a second. Let mm-hmm. me figure it out too. And I will let you know how to be there for me when I can, you know, 
catch my breath mm-hmm. and figure it out because like I said sometimes it just comes out of nowhere it's so random sometimes or I'm I could be having the best time doing nothing just yep. chilling and all of a sudden I'm like oh my god what's happening right now I can't breathe and I don't know why and I can't explain it to you I just I'm trying to breathe through it figure it out and once I you know get out of that little episode then mm-hmm. I'll talk to you and yeah. we'll, we'll figure it out together after yeah. that you know gotta love these people in our lives <laughs> no, they, we got some good ones they we do they mean well and they love us to death they and, do and I know it, it hurts seeing us struggle and and sure. not be our you know full happy selves or be who I was you know in high school and you know that we can't look back yeah we can look back for lessons but for we sure. can't compare no who you were and who you are no i mean who I, who in their life is the same person that they were in high school yeah regardless. for sure yeah right exactly yeah, yeah. i think you know like you said people have a hard time they hang on to that mm-hmm. and they have their own grief to deal with you know mm-hmm. especially Being, because yeah I mean, like i said like i left at 17 so the last person they knew was me yeah at, up a to kid 17. yeah a child yeah. and then i was gone i come back it's a 21 year old you know, life veteran. experience, yeah. Veteran, yeah. You know, living on my own from seventeen up to now. You know, and yeah, I left a kid, came back. That's so true. Yeah, a, a grown, warrior, grown yeah. woman, mm-hmm. uh, a combat veteran. So, well, yeah. I would just like to say thank you. I'm so happy that you uh, came to do this, and thank you for serving yeah. our country and protecting us. Yes, well, thank you for having me. Thank you for asking me to do this. I, I appreciate it. I'm glad to of help. Of course. I hope I it shines some light for our veterans out there and yeah. current soldiers. And thank you again. This is Danielle with Grief with Grace and Gail. <laughs>